You are listening to episode 19. This episode is brought to you by my new one-on-one coaching program, How to Dominate LinkedIn with Your Personal Brand. In the coaching sessions with me, I will show you how to optimize your LinkedIn profile so that you stand out to your target audience and you give them the messages that you want them to hear so that you attract the customers that you want and deter the ones that you really don't. Secondly, we're going to look at strategic connections and how to get those connections, how to get those high ticket clients that you are looking for. And we're going to also join strategic groups. Thirdly, we're going to work together and figure out your branding and your content strategy so that whether you are with me or whether you move on, you will have a strategy in place that is effective and efficient and dynamic to attract your prospects. And finally, we're going to work together on goals and objectives to make sure you are hitting those monthly goal and objectives for the next year. And if you're more of a DIYer, I am actually starting a wait list to create a class with these core principles in place as well so that you can learn as you go and do it yourself. If you want more information about this, I have a link for it in the show notes. And now we'll go back to the show. On this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Adeyinka. Not only is she a fellow millennial Nigerian entrepreneur like myself, but she is running a beautiful web design and branding business where she scales beauty brands to millions. And guess how she gets her clients? A lot of her main clients she has gotten through creating effective and very exciting. A lot of clients she has gotten just through the use of Instagram stories. If this is your area, if you're into beauty, Instagram, or branding, you will not want to miss this episode. You are listening to the Sounds of Inspiration. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Okiki podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And today I have a fellow Nigerian with me on the podcast. I was really excited about this. When I saw her name, I was like, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm pumped to do this one. And her name's Ade Yinka, but I think you said you normally go by Adi or Ade. And um, Yeah, so she's a graphic designer, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her entrepreneurial journey. Uh, When I checked out her website, 
I was really impressed by her designs and I feel like she just has a very nice artistic eye. So I'm very excited to hear more about her and her journey. So thanks for coming to the show, Ade. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and please tell us about you and your background and how did you get into um, creating your brand and your business today? Okay, so I feel like my mine's is pretty chill so I was in school for um mass comm and I, I swore I was going to be a film producer um mm-hmm. and so when I ended up leaving college I was like okay I need to find a production agency um and then just go with it and actually there was a period where I did go the ad route where I thought I would be an art director but mm-hmm. like back then like I could not take the um the critiques like right. I was like, so I was like okay well I'm going back to to media so right after I ended up um working for EW Scripts as a journalist as a digital producer and it was cool I liked it it was it was pretty fun but like the pay like sucked it was so bad which is pretty normal for like a lot of people that work um at the bottom of the news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, no, I, I gotta go. Something has to, something has to switch. And so I ended up moving down here. So when I ended up moving down here, um, I came down in Fort Lauderdale because I was in Fort Myers. I came down to Fort, Ma- Fort Lauderdale with the idea that I was going to be a producer at another position. Mm-hmm. And literally like the day before, they rescinded the offer. And so wow. it was like, I was like so embarrassed. I was so like irritated. And um, it was around that time that um, my boyfriend was like, well, you've been saying that you wanted a studio for so long. So like, why don't, why don't you start one? And like, like Nigerians are like, <laughs> Nigerians are so particular. Like, we're such overachievers. So it's like, yeah. no, it's not perfect. We can't, I can't do it until X, 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 Y, and Z. And so he right. was like, how about, um, I like, I need branding. How about you test it on me? And then we go from there. And so that's honestly how I got started. And I was like, you know what? Like, I already am not like feeling this whole nine to five. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so then um I took the leap this year and it's been pretty cool awesome so you re- really just started this year yeah like full-on branding like I've been designing for about like five or six years but like full-on right. branding was this year right um and would you say that's what inspired you to be an entrepreneur then um yeah right. like being being <laughs> Being in the news world, I was like, oh no, this wasn't it. And it was kind of scary because I was like, how old was I at the time? I had just graduated and I was like, I still have like four years left, you know, like this isn't the part where I'm supposed to start breaking down and feeling like, oh, my midlife crisis. You know, usually people have that when they're like 40, closer to the the time that they're supposed to retire. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, something has to shake. I have to find something else that I like and I can do on a consistent basis. And that's what led me down this role. Right. Um, Yeah. So I guess what was your biggest obstacle then in launching this business and how did you overcome it? 
Okay, there was a couple. So <laughs> I had to get over the idea that like everything had to be perfect. There's no such thing, right? So what it was really doing was slowing down like my whole timeline. Um, and so I had to real, I think my leak said it, um, like better, I'm done is better than perfect. Like just get version one done so that like you can move forward and then tweak as you go because you'll still only be at version one no matter how many times you tweak it before anyone sees it and there will always be a version two three four um and i think the other thing that was like extremely hard was like i'm an introvert i'm very shy it was like putting myself out there wow um, because of course like you don't want anyone to see your version one but like (laughs) if no one sees your version one then like there's nothing for anyone to like um be sold on so i had to get like it's very hard like as entrepreneur wearing all those hats and like trying to juggle like okay i'm gonna do marketing on this day and i have to still make sure that my clients are happy like i had to make sure that i planned out my days and like um i'm failing right now but (laughs) i'm gonna try next month to like be and show up on instagram all the time like Mm -hmm. and remind people like this is the problem that I'm here to solve. Um, and you'd be much better off having being partnered with me. Hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to uh, actually talk about your heritage too, because we, we both have similar heritage. Um, <laughs> did you find it kind of, I guess, difficult to tell your parents or your family, like, this is something you wanted to do? Oh my gosh, yes. So we are we're Nigerian so it's like (laughs) like it's like if you're not in STEM you have a problem you know um and it's honestly not even surprising to see like a whole bunch of Nigerians excelling as like doctors and lawyers you know like a lot of people it's just like oh my gosh but to us it's like it's expected so when you divert from that your parents are giving you the side eye and there's so much pressure, even if they don't say anything. Like mm-hmm. I remember, I remember when I was getting ready to like apply for colleges, I had like this lovey Ajayi moment that like, I'm just not going to tell them what my major is until they just show up at graduation. And that's scary, you know, like my dad was not feeling it. So like I eventually just told them and honestly any person that's like Nigerian or Caribbean is like you have to be your own backbone Mm -hmm. because it's it's so it's so ingrained in you with the way that they raised us it's like you don't want to disappoint them you know like they don't even really have to say anything you just know you have the pressure on your back it's like I don't want to be a disappointment Mm -hmm. because Nigerians love to brag it's like oh (laughs) my son is a dog like yeah you want them to brag on you too (laughs) yeah yeah so it was it was very hard like and it really it didn't it didn't really hit until like I got like a like a big client and and then my mom was like something to this okay 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 (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's so funny yeah the reason I asked that too is like um when I told my parents that I was interested in entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. like I did feel like they were supportive but I also felt that internal pressure like you said like they don't have to say anything 
but you're like, man, I just want to do this well because this isn't STEM. And I want to be able to, you know, like show them that I can make it with this too. Mm -hmm. And you just feel this like need to like somehow give back to them. I, so that's why I brought it up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah. So what were, yeah. What initiatives then did you take to create your brand and really find your clients? Um, like you said, you just launched this business this year. So how did you actually establish in a way that you could get those like good clients and kind of set the bar and, and make those kind of people attracted to you? Oh my gosh, there's, it's so much that goes into it. And, um, I would say the first thing that took me the absolute longest was trying to figure out like my aesthetic and my, um, my messaging. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I see like a lot of, I see like a lot of designers, um, they'll be like, Oh, can someone look at my portfolio X, Y, Z? Like, you have to you have to tailor it down. Like you can't you can't one say that you do a million and one things, right? Because that confuses the people that that come to you. So I had to get clear on I just do branding and and website. That's it. I don't I don't do marketing. I I have an experience in that. I have experience being um video producers and stuff like that, but for the type of clients that I want, like I want it to be very very clear. I work with women in fashion skin beauty spaces like that's and so I had to get clear on that and then secondly I had to make sure that my portfolio like showed that you know Mm -hmm. like I feel like people really don't understand that like you are on borrowed time when someone comes on your website so you have to like deliver and it has to be very clear so I knew because I had been working for so long I was like okay I I don't want to go through that oh someone pays me like 150 for a website so I didn't want to go through that and secondly (laughs) (laughs) that's real (laughs) I don't know like some people can do it over my deadline I just I just can't I just and secondly for the type of um how do I explain it for the type of materials that I needed Someone who was going to pay me 150 for a website wouldn't want to do a photo shoot, wouldn't want to do any of that. So I, I basically, um, took inspiration from Abby from Wayfair Design. Um, and I made my own personal projects. So Mm -hmm. that, that's really what I did. Like I did, I did it for my boyfriend, but my boyfriend wasn't my ideal client. So (laughs) you don't have to, you don't have to put every single thing that you do, every single person that you work with in your portfolio right literally I tell people you can put three or four and if they land who it is that you want like literally they'll be sold on it so I worked for about like maybe like a month and a half or two months on like four projects um and also I did like a couple brand audits on my Instagram page um to get the word out and so okay now I have my messaging now I have my aesthetic of the people that I want. Now I have a portfolio that appeals to this audience. And so now I had to market. And so um, I just took to Instagram because I used to be a, um, I used to be a social media coordinator. Like I sucked for my own personal, like I really did. But like I had, I knew how to make money. Like I, I was working for like a cosmetic surgery center and like I made them like half a million dollars on like social wow. media. So it's for that, I was just like, okay, 
it really is less about how many people you have. It's more about like how engaged are that you have um, with you and then they'll do the sharing for you. So I basically took to Instagram stories, like the feed isn't really the most like, the feed doesn't do the most of the work unless you do like quotes and stuff. It's really IG stories. And so I was like, okay guys, well, here's some tips. But what really got it popping was, um, was brand audits. So I was like, okay guys, send me your website and I'm going to do a brand audit and I'm going to redo your above the fold. And like people right. just started, people just started messaging me. People that um like my friends who aren't my ideal clients, but they wanted to support started sharing and then their friends started following. And so I ended up getting like some top tier, like, oh, this person does your favorite campaign um leads, you know? Because and you're showing them what your work looks like. Exactly. With those I, audits. I started I started I started positioning myself as an expert. Like it's not good mm-hmm. enough. And I think um, Tiffany Tolliver explains it perfectly. It's not good enough to just be a good designer. You need to be able to position yourself as the go-to. Like I can solve your problem. This mm-hmm. is why it's not working. And so that's mm-hmm. what I was doing on IG story. Your lash company isn't really getting any leads because X, Y, Z. And with this, this is going to make you more money. Like that's all people want to hear. I want to make, I want to make more money. Like the design looks great. Like I want it to look good, but help them realize this looks good. And this makes someone want to pay you more money. And that's why it's worth the investment. Mm -hmm. And so lastly, like, I think I listed like three or four steps. You have to be um, prepared ahead of time. Like you're not going to be perfect, but make sure all your systems are in place so that if you do end up blowing up, like, it's easier. So I made sure that, um, like before I had Dubsado, I had, um, like MailChimp set up so that if someone filled out a form, like something automatically got sent back, you know, right. that those slow down, that slows down time and you could possibly lose a lead, like by taking forever to respond back to people. So it's like making sure that after you've done everything to bring in leads, that you have a system that's sustainable for you, like over time. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. No, I love that. That was a rich answer, and I'm sure the audience will get so much value out of that. And um, okay, so I kind of have another question that wasn't like originally sent to you, but you mentioned that you're an introvert. So yeah. how do you, as an introvert, excel in in a kind of space? Or you do have to put yourself out there because it's kind of how it is. Yeah, it is. Like it's it's hard because you know, um, you just it's your feelings like taking over. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, I would say if you're doing your best, like no one even really picks up on it. If that makes any sense, what I cannot stand the most, <laughs> what I can't stand the most is like people that are people are following me for a reason. That's one. And so, like, when you constantly have to remind people, oh, like, I'm so nervous, I'm sweating, like, it makes them, you know, it makes them tune into the fact that you're nervous and you're sweating, and it, it pushes you off from being, like, this, this um, expert. So it's, like, you have to, even if you are introverted, you have to, like, literally, like, psych yourself up. That's what I used to do. I'd be like, okay, run through it. 
and then do it to the best of your ability because most times like some of your favorite YouTubers are introverts. Like Raven Elise is an introvert, but she doesn't say it a million and one times. Like it's always, it's always people that say it like a million and one times. And it's just like, okay, I wasn't really paying attention to that, but now you're saying it and it's taken away from what I'm trying to learn from you. Mm. It's like, get out of your own head that people are paying attention to you more than you are. They're not. There's so much content out there. So while you have their attention, kill it. Like, just get out of your own head, say what you need to say, practice it if need be, mm-hmm. and then use that time that you have to the best of your ability. Awesome. Uh, that's really cool. And like, actually, one of my favorite podcasters, uh, Jenna Kutcher, she's also apparently an introvert, yet she has a massive following. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said that yeah. because just because I guess your energy is different um, doesn't mean you can't mm-hmm. accomplish those goals. Um, also, did you have any mentors along the way when you were launching your business? No, I didn't. But I think what helped me was that I was willing to pay for whatever information. So I didn't, I didn't have anyone who knew what it was that I was trying to do. And when I would talk to my friends, like they would say certain things that like they thought was best. And I'd be like, mm, I don't think that's it. So I paid for, I paid for courses. I think the first one I paid for was like share worthy design or something like that. That is honestly the best thing you could ever do for your business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's honestly why I didn't have to settle for like the $150 websites and XYZ. I paid for people who are where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And I learned from them. You're not, I would say you don't have to wait for a mentor. Mentors are great, right? But mentors are busy. Like, it can't be one-sided. And I've heard Miley Teal, like the creator of Curlbox say all the time, a mentor also wants something from you, you know? So if you can't find one and you have nothing to offer, pay for someone's time. You know, courses are all the rave right now. Like people are making so much money off of courses. So find one that gives the results that you want and then invest in yourself. Right. Yeah. I've just spun two recently and I've definitely... Well, yeah, like in the summer, um, both from Jenna Kutcher, actually. And then I think I'm looking into a couple. So, yeah, I agree. Like, it's just crazy to see how much knowledge those people have. And then mm-hmm. it kind of helps you step up your game and what you're trying to do. Um, and also, um, what were you hoping then to offer this industry? Oh, my gosh. So in the beginning, I knew that I wanted... Um, to implement like strategy with design. But then I became to get like really popular. And so what I did was like, I started, they say um, branding is really what people say when you're not in the room. When I started speaking Mm -hmm. to like some of the leads, like they were like, well, I came to you because you have this showcase of like women of color and it's not apparent. It's like some of the big names in branding. Like they, like their portfolios don't showcase towards women of color Um, and so that's what I feel like I can add to it is that women of color in these spaces that don't necessarily want to look like their lighter counterparts still want to be able to show and showcase their brand story in a way that's um, aesthetically pleasing and strategic Mm -hmm. so I feel like I I push um, service-based and um, e-commerce-based business that are led by women of color to be like at the forefront 
and look the part and um, um, function like you're on the back end as well. Awesome. And um, also, was your choice of location part of your business strategy as well? Like, I know you said you got there looking for another job. Did you stay in that space, in that area, or did you end up moving to a place where you Oh, okay. Yeah, I, just, I just moved down home. Like, I was already here before college. So where I oh, am, okay. I was like, for a lot of that. Yeah, I had nothing to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, maybe there's something about Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, I was just following the money and... <laughs> I was following what was going to hire me and it just so happened to be like back home. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Just because when I check the business thing um, and you might have to educate me, I'm calling in from Canada, of course, but like uh, I saw like Miami, Florida. So I was like, Oh, she lives in Miami. Like sweet. So is that all like the neighboring kind of cities then is like, is that where, where you are kind of thing? Yeah, I'm in Fort Lauderdale, but like a lot of people in Fort Lauderdale will tell you like it's just easier to just say Miami, to just say Miami because it's literally like 20, 30 minutes away. Gotcha. And it was really just for like SEO purposes, but most of the people that I work with like are not from Florida. It's usually like the hub of like Atlanta. Um uh, the black professionals are. Um, right. So and then um Oddly enough, like I have someone from Boston. So I'm expecting more of Atlanta and possibly like Houston. Houston's another hub for black professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, I was just curious. I'm like, oh, is there a seat in Miami for this too? I was like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely been hearing a lot about the other two cities as well. Mm-hmm. And uh looks like we're already at our last question. This has been a fun interview. Um, so I wanted to ask you. What do you value the most then about being an entrepreneur? Oh, I think we froze. Here. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, I heard you, even though it was. Um, I value, honestly, I value, I value the freedom of being. It's the simple things. I honestly value the freedom of being able to do whatever it is that I would like to do. Um, and I honestly most value spending a huge chunk of my time doing what I love to do because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people that work the nine to five scope and there's nothing wrong with nine to five if you love it um you you come in and they promise you you're going to do something and then like three four months later it's like here's these other here's these other duties that have nothing to do with what you came here in the first place and right. so you're kind of divided and there might like the gap between what you love doing becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. So I love the fact that like, not only do I get to set my own time, but majority of what I do, I love doing, mm-hmm. you know, I love hopping on calls and figuring out, okay, well, why is it that you have, you're slowing down on leads? Like maybe it could be that you didn't position your, your opt-in higher, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, having having a job like it sounds so corny that fulfills you and makes you very happy like it really does a number to like your mental health Mm. and girl it's it's not a shocker that I think I don't remember by what year they said like half of it half of the the job market will probably be like business owners you know compared to before where everyone was working for someone else yeah. So those two things I think are by far the most 
fulfilling um mm-hmm. and it makes it worth it mm-hmm. yeah, i really pretty god i don't go back oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no that's awesome no it's so true i think um and the landscape of work is just changing and the funny thing is we can't even rely on these like quote-unquote like stable jobs anymore because Mm -hmm. so much has changed in the economy like people do lose their jobs so it's kind of good to always have something of your own as well whether you do it full-time or whether it's just something on the side so I kind of like that how you talk about freedom and independence (laughs) yeah so (laughs) thanks for sharing that and I guess the last thing for the audience is there any projects or things that you have coming up that you would like our audience to know about Oh my gosh. So because like I'm of a higher price point, um, I had like a lot of people figuring like asking me like, oh my gosh, what are you going to do in the future that we could possibly get in on? I haven't announced it yet, but um, I'm working on semi-custom branding templates and website templates. So yeah. So for people that aren't at the price point that um, they can work with me, it widens it up so that um, okay, here's a template and here's a guide that shows like what your ideal customer might be and why this brand would appeal to them. And then you could just get started, you know, because I I had just closed, like I think like a couple of weeks ago, like a 9K website. Everyone doesn't have $9,000, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. I'm, I was pushing for December, but definitely like the end of um, winter, like definitely by like February of next year. Cool, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing that with us, Adeyuka. Thanks so much for coming to the Okiki podcast. I'll definitely be, I think I'm already following you on Instagram, so I'll definitely be keeping up with (laughs) your projects and everything. And thanks so much for doing this today for our audience. Thank you. Bye, guys.